Hello, I'm Joshua Groisberg, a history enthusiast. And I'm Jacob Friedman, founder of People's Big News. And this is Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This is where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world. Since the whole world is on fire, we might as well take a crack at delivering some insightful analysis and maybe some comedy along the way. Well, folks, it finally happened. Joe Biden has been inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States with Kamala Harris as his vice president and is the end of the Trump presidency four years of nonstop buffoonery, incompetence, and general contempt for the rule of law and the norms of the United States government. But now we are done. It's finally over and it's just a relief. It is simply a relief. And to have that beautiful display of, of the inauguration, a call for unity, a call for reinvigorating the spectacle of government and how America has progressed and how we can fight the pandemic that has claimed over 400,000 lives. Joshua, what was going through your mind during the 20th? Well, let me tell you, I agree. The inaugural speech which was one of the best speeches I've ever heard. He didn't bash his predecessor for leaving him with this mess. And he just spoke to everyone, regardless of their politics. He spoke to every single American. And as a matter of fact, even Tucker Carlson had a hard time disagreeing with Biden's speech. You know, Chris Wallace, the first inauguration he saw was John F. Kennedy's. And he said that that speech was the best one he's ever heard. So it's definitely off to a promising start. Biden's rhetoric is definitely fitting his message. Yeah, it's everything we could have asked for in uh, Amanda Gorman's poem, The Hill We Climb. What else can we say about it? It is, it is the perfect embodiment of, of what we can do as a nation, what we've gone through as a nation. I also think this is going to be the main piece of the inauguration that's going to be studied for decades to come, more so than Biden's speech, because this is such an example of progress. A young Black woman going, coming out to the nation's capital and, and crying out for the American dream, going out about how... We've had horrors of slavery, horrors of the pandemic, for horrors of fractured society, and now we can move forward. And that theme of unity and perseverance, when, when the vice president was taking the oath, my, my mom and her friends were overjoyed because we are now in an era where definitively anyone of any gender, race, sexual orientation, religion can be in the highest levels of the government. I agree. Course, Harris's inauguration has open up the possibilities for everyone. But really, when I began to have, I began to have faith in the Biden administration before his inauguration. And that was when he, the vice president and their spouses commemorated the 400,000 Americans that died from the coronavirus with flights that lined up along uh, the National Mall. And already before he became president, he showed more care and compassion for the Americans that died from this pandemic than the previous president had. I mean, those lights should stay up. Like what we have for the eternal flame for Kennedy, we, sh- we should keep those there. With all that, I mean, the now former president, Donald John Trump, he left. He didn't even stay for the inauguration. He just went on Air Force One at, what, 8 o'clock that day and went down to Florida. And, and right before he did, he pardoned Bannon, his former chief strategist, and who was arrested for defrauding a bunch of Trump supporters trying to privately build the border wall. He also pardoned a few rappers that endorsed him and several other like, money, money laundering. 
is really a quid pro quo administration based off power, money, and influence, and nothing else. Not for the common good, not for righting the wrongs of history, not for moving forward as a country, not for respecting the process, nothing of actual substance. You know, honestly, I think that Trump not going to the inauguration was the best thing for everyone. I wouldn't have been happy to see Trump there. And, you know, I know that it's traditional and a sign of goodwill for the predecessor to be present at, you know, their successor's inauguration, but Trump was just a different case entirely. And I think Biden was happy that he wasn't there. I'm assuming the rest of the ex-presidents were happy that he wasn't there. But I'm glad that Pence finished off on a good note by respecting the institutions of our country and attending the inauguration. I know it's a bare minimum, but he's been under a lot of threats. He's been under a lot of pressure, and I'm glad that he really pulled through in the end. At least he didn't pull Mike Pompeo, and on on his way out the door at the State Department, he said that multiculturalism isn't American. Really? You're the son of a, you're the, the you're most the descendant American of Italian thing. immigrants. Come on, man. It, it defines American culture. It defines who we are, multiculturalism. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, you 2024 bootlicking candidate. Come on. Just because they're out now, just because this whole, the, the Trump administration is done, doesn't mean Trump is going to go away. Just because the impeachment, just because of the the incoming Cy Vance, Letitia James, and further SDNY lawsuits. I mean, he's still splitting the Republican Party apart. A bunch of his sycophants in the House are trying to take out Liz Cheney from her leadership role as number three Republican in the House because she stood for impeachment, but really stood for the rule of law, anti-insurrectionism. The party is splitting itself apart. And for some reason... Trump now is thinking of putting up his own party, like actual competitor to the Republican Party. He wants to call it the Patriot Party. This guy will not stop at grift and destruction of our political landscape. I'm just glad he's out. And if he wants to be the next Ross Perot or Teddy Roosevelt, let, let his ideological partners lose 2024, go right ahead. Whatever person in Congress that, you know, allowed the insurrection, that didn't vote for impeachment second time, all those people, they don't deserve 2024. They don't deserve 2028. They don't deserve to keep their jobs. I am fed up with these Republican senators who haven't done anything. And now we're going to start crying about the deficits. I've been saying this for a while now, you know, that Trump will become a Ross Perot on steroids, as you said, Jacob. The question now is who will get the keys to Trump's dedicated base? And Trump's Trump's getting older and he's going to go through a lot of legal troubles and the chances that he'll run in 2024, I think, are becoming slimmer and slimmer. And I'm thinking, you know, who can best communicate with Trump's base and get their support? And I'm thinking, well, Tucker Carlson would be an example. Maybe this is probably why he's considering a run in 2024, because there's nobody better than Tucker Carlson at speaking to Trump's base. Trump's movement ultimately creates a third party. Republicans will lose a massive chunk of their base and victory after victory after victory, it will go to the Democrats. And truth be told, while the Republicans, you know, don't deserve power after what all that has happened because they need to restructure themselves. They need to return themselves to conservative values. I'm worried this will harm democracy because I don't want our country to become a primarily one party system where the Democrats' agendas just go by unopposed in the House, and the Senate, and the executive branch. I want there to be at least some political argument. Even if after the second impeachment, Trump is banned from further federal office, even if he's filing lawsuits, and, and which means he can't run 2024, even if he doesn't watch his party, 
Ivanka now wants to run against Rubio, which we've been saying for weeks now. And, and Don Jr. wants to run. I wants to run for something. I think he's going to try to. There's been talk of him trying to reform the N- the NRA. Good luck with that one. But it doesn't really matter who takes over. Trumpism is a cancer on American politics, and unfortunately, right now, I honestly think the best bet is for the Mitt Romneys and the Lisa Murkowskis and the Kissingers and maybe even the Cheneys of the world to go independent and try to caucus with. Democrats as a way to get back on the committee seats, get at least keep something because in time, when a lot of these rank and file Republicans are primaried by hardcore Trumpists like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Tommy Tuberville, then there's going to be a reckoning inside the Republican Party. And it's best to jump ship now, let the Republican Party start burning itself and regroup for 2024 because 2022 is going to be a bloodbath for the Republican primaries. And Donald's going to happen in the actual Senate race, but. I disagree. I think that Mitt Romney and Ben Sass and Liz Cheney have to stay out in the Republican Party because only they can change it. We can't just let the Republican Party go to hell. We can't just let, you know, the party of Lincoln meet its untime, meet, it, meet its demise and just. Well, it's already dead. The, Trump the insurrection killed it. Yeah, it, it killed it. But we need the Republican, we need, you know, the real Republicans to stay in and help revive it. You don't fix a problem by just jumping ship. You stay there. You work on it. You fix it. The you state, try to return it to common parties, values. The state parties are full of Trump of hardcore Trump loyalists. The Republican Party is so decentralized. And no, this goes back to Reagan and Gingrich. They they really did a good job about putting people in positions at the very local and state levels that built up nationally. That's where a lot of these um, you know congressmen and cabinet officials came from, and. There's nothing. There's there's no real room anymore for the for the National Republican Party to do something if it ever if it ever gets in control of say a Romney or a or a SAS. I I just don't think the Republican Party is going to survive. I don't want a one party system. That's that's un, I agree that's completely unhealthy. But for four years, I'd say let it happen. The Democrats are already arguing among, amongst themselves. They're technically they're technically two different parties already. If you, Joshua, or you, the listener, are worried about about the political implications of, say, a Green New Deal, it's not going to happen. And to progress the progressives, this is the reality. I don't see a strong two-party system back until at least 2028, 2026 at the absolute earliest. Bottom line, I never want to hear the name Donald John Trump again, unless it's the impeachment if he's indicted for something, or if he starts the Patriot Party and, and starts disintegrating his support even more. I would actually make the case that we need to remember Donald John Trump more than most presidents. And here's why. American children, you know, future generations, they have to learn about Donald Trump. They have to learn that he was an extremist. He was bad for our country. How he used populism to get a power. You know, how right-wing media supported him. We need to learn from the mistakes that America has made. And that number one mistake was electing Donald John Trump as president in 2016. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying to never mention his, mention his name again, but for the next four years, at least, I don't want to hear another thing about if he gets if he somehow gets on parlor or, you know, if he makes a resurgence, resurgence on social media or if he starts to hold rallies 
as an ex president. I don't want, I don't want to hear about that unless it's one of those three things that's going to that's going to blow up in his face no matter no matter how they go. So let's talk about, let's talk about something at least reassuring. The Biden administration everybody, it's here. Well, he's starting to finally piece it together. Uh merely hours before a time of recording, uh Lloyd Austin has been confirmed by the Senate as Secretary of Defense. Avril Haines was confirmed as uh uh, the director of national intelligence, I believe, on inauguration day, late that day, I believe. I also want to point out that Josh Hawley, the insurrectionist, one of two main insurrectionist senators, is now trying to hold up uh, Hundra Mayorkas as the Homeland Security Secretary, simply because he's an obstructionist like Rand Paul, in addition to being an insurrectionist like Ted Cruz. I was shocked to see him, to see them at the inauguration. By the way, they gotta play for the cameras now. They, they gotta rehabilitate their image. They have to adjust and they have to weasel their way out of anything. You know, it's just disappointing because I wrote an article. You know, before what happened at the Capitol, I wrote an article about Josh Hawley and what he was doing with Bernie Sanders, really working across the aisle with Bernie Sanders to ensure you know better stimulus. Right? There's nobody, I believe, who's risen and fallen as quickly as Josh Hawley has. And he had great potential, really. I mean, look what he was doing with Bernie Sanders, as I said. He was working to ensure better stimulus for Americans. But the good news, folks, is that the nominations are going to be confirmed in one way or another. There are going to be people in those positions that Biden wants in in those positions. And he's been signing a bunch of executive orders, you know, just name a few, rejoining Paris Climate Accord and WHO, you know, stopping the Keystone Pipeline, uh, strengthening protections for LGBTQ plus workers. Just several more. You know. um, mask mandate. Mask mandate. Right. Well, mask mandate. Yeah. Mask mandate. Stuff and like also COVID. a pause on student loan payments, which oh, yeah. will likely result in higher taxes, That, in my opinion. But the truth is that Let's wait students... Let's on that one. Well, yeah. Well, students are in a hard place right now. And I think... Frankly, I, I do agree with this move. I think it was the right thing to do. The fact that uh, it was reporting that the, that the previous administration left no real vaccine rollout plan for Biden to pick up. There was no real plan to get vaccines into arms and actually immunize the U.S. population. And Biden now wants 100 million, 100 million doses administered. And so... He, he started to beef up plans for Community Health Center and Defense Production Act to get companies to produce materials and for uh, companies and schools to reopen. A lot of this was reported at the press conference on Inauguration Day. I, I, and it was boring, but by God, I am so, I'm so glad that it wasn't a bunch of another shouting match. As they said on CNN, boring as hell, but still refreshing. Again, and not to is... mention that with the press conferences, they become more informative, boring, but more informative. And Biden's schedule has become more transparent and more available to the press. Oh, yeah. Fauci showed up and he was happy. He's finally happy. He just talk like an actual scientist and I have to waddle around in the political minefield. Well, he's actually uh, now optimistic claims that well, we, we may likely have a return to normalcy by the fall 2021 with 85% of uh, American adults and children vaccinated. People may disagree on whether actions Biden took were good or not, some of these executive orders, but that's policy. And I'm glad that no one's threatened each other's life yet or uh, 
alien, alien insurrection yet. It was also, you know, very, uh, it was very funny to see Kamala Harris swearing in her own replacement uh, alongside John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. It's a new era in America, and I think it'll be much better than, I mean, it can't it can get worse from here, am I right? Here's to hoping uh, now Majority Leader Schumer can figure out what the hell to do with McConnell. Well, the Republican Party, I think, still has a lot of influence in the Senate. Yeah, it's 50 50. They're going to have to like fit. I think the framework they're working off, off of was 2001 Cheney 50 50 Senate. And I want Schumer to take control and actually get more COVID relief passed, get an actual infrastructure week. And I don't know, fix healthcare, fight artificial climate change, or fix the tax code, or do something. Do something. The worst thing that can happen is that the center remains in deadlock and doesn't do anything. Here's to hoping that won't happen. <sighs> you know what? I'm just happy. I'm happy this new administration seems competent and we can actually get to work. And that concludes this episode of Gen Zero Stock Politics. Be sure to join our Discord server, follow us on Instagram at Gen Zero Stock Politics and on Twitter at Gen Zero's Talk Poly with an I, and add or email us to ask your burning questions. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time. <laughs>